Man. Hey, everybody. Welcome to, Ro- <laughs> Welcome to Romance. Welcome to Conversation of Romance, the podcast. This is the uh, the reading edition. We do this every night when we start a book. We usually take a week or two off to find a new book, and then we'll start reading a romance novel after that. In lieu of a job is kind of what I do for fun. So, uh, tonight, <clears throat> we have uh, a live over on TikTok going on. We have the podcast being recorded at the same time. I'll be looking at two different screens. Should be okay. I think both people that watch both of these screens should be okay. <laughs> thank you. I'd like to thank both every one of you that watch the podcast. So I'll be coming to your house, both of you, tomorrow. All right. So <clears throat> we have been reading. We are up at chapter 15 of a book called Burning Ember by what I like to call a good friend of mine, Sarah Arden. That was her pen name under this book. We'll, we'll leave her at that until she's... <clears throat> yeah, let's don't overthink things, right? We did have an angel number of 111 pop up. They're talking about that over on the TikTok Live. Join us over the TikTok Live every night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Uh, bail out 13500. You can find all this at uh, conversationromance.com. We'd like to uh, bring you a word from our sponsors. All right, and let's move right along. Old? Who's old? Nothing is old at all until we decide it is. So the book, Burning Ember by Sarah Arden. Um, <clears throat> when we first met our, when we first opened the book, we started, we met Hayden and Sophie. Now, Hayden, Hayden Cole comes from one of the most prominent families in town. Not because they got money, just because they got love. He's also a firefighter and, uh, when Sophie and Hayden first met, it was it was Hayden's first opportunity to be a hero as a firefighter. And it happened to be to save Sophie. Now all of it all of this time, nine years later, they're trying to get it together again, right? They've been making out, they've been humping humping, they've been they've been at barbecues, they've been to grandma's house for lunch, they've been in love. But it was under false pretenses because all this time Hayden thought that he hesitated in that fire, and that hesitation is what caused her to be burned so badly as she is. If he had got there sooner, she wouldn't have got those burns. But we just found out last night. She, we found out a long time ago. But he, Hayden, she just told Hayden last night that she actually started the fire. As her stepdad was coming to beat her, she threw a candle at him, and he went up like flames, and she was burning before. She was too scared to leave the room. So now we're going to pick up chapter 15. Chapter 15, I hope, is going to give us a little closure on what happens next. But hopefully, because when we left Hayden and Sophie, he was leaving her house. And he told her that he needed some time to process because he, all this time, what had been driving him and what had been making him move forward was the thought that his hesitation caused her great pain, and now he knows that it didn't. He has to rethink who he is as a man, as a fireman, as a boyfriend, as a husband. He's rethinking everything, everybody. Let's face it, for most men, it should take like 25 minutes. All right, so we're moving to Chapter 15. My name is Jeff Johnson, by the way. The Conversation Romance is the podcast. Hopefully you found it by accident. If you didn't, thank you for looking it up. Oh, just got dark in here, didn't it? That too dark? Yeah, okay. If you see something big and black moving around behind me, 
It's just my dog. I hope. Oh shit, now I'm scared. All right. Burning Ember by Sarah Arden, Chapter 15. <clears throat> Hayden found himself in a fajou. Uh, pickle, a dilemma. I think I pronounced that wrong. A fugu? A fugu? A fugu? He couldn't, I know what it means, I don't know how to pronounce it. <clears throat> Check me on that, everybody. <clears throat> he found himself in a pickle. He couldn't really concentrate. He couldn't keep his head in the game, and he knew that made him a danger at the house. Firehouse, that is. So he filled out a leave slip and turned it into Lieutenant McCade, who eyed him over the paper. I'd be inclined to approve it if it didn't say STFN in the corner. What, what's this about? Oh, shit. STFN stands for sick until further notice. Well, Lieutenant, my head's just not in the right place. I, I've got a month of leave at least. Longer than two weeks, I've got to kick it up to Chief, son. I can't do it. McCade handed the paper back to me. Yeah, I know, but, but I remember you kicking my ass over a chain of command, Hayden said. Yeah, well, I see the lesson took, McCade said, but so he signed the paper and handed it back to him, and now you know where he's at. That's where it gets tough, because Hayden took the paper up to his father's office. Bill was seated, Bill, the fire chief Bill, was seated behind the desk working on something intently. He looked up when Hayden stepped in the doorway. What are we working on, Pops? Uh, surprise for your mom. You think she'd like Mexico or the Bahamas better? Which one is cheaper? Bill narrowed his eyes. No, you know how mom is. That'll make her happy as a trip. Being cheap, you know. You know what, son? You're right. I should, I'm glad I asked. <clears throat> but I want to go to the Bahamas, so we'll compromise. So what's up? Is that a leave slip in your hand? Yeah, I need to take some time. I'm dangerous with my head the way it is right now. Hey, listen, if it's about Royce. No, no, Dad, it's uh, it's about me. Sophie kind of told me some hard truths. And, well, I need to work it out for myself. Son, did, uh, did she ask you to quit the job? <coughs> no, Dad. She didn't. She told me that she started the fire that killed her family. It was an accident, but whether or not I hesitated, she'd have had those burns anyway. Well, I'm glad she told you. I'd just made chief then, and you know in a small town I, I get double duty. Wait, hang on, you, you investigated this? You knew all this time. <clears throat> I said it was faulty wiring in the report. I wanted her to get the insurance money. I knew she needed it. And I knew Benedict was a piece of shit drunk who beat his wife and kid. 
It was the only way I knew to help her, so. But, Dad, why didn't you tell me? It wasn't mine to tell, kid. I, <clears throat> if I had, who's to say it would have changed your thinking? It killed me to see you suffer like that, but hearing it from me would never have eased your guilt. How do you reconcile that? You, you always taught us that lying for any reason was wrong. It is. But you know what? I don't have any regrets. This is the part when you remember your parents are human too. We have wants, we have needs, and we make mistakes. That wasn't a mistake, Dad. That was a fucking choice. Yeah. <laughs> that it was. And he opened the desk drawer and pulled out a key and <clears throat> said, why don't you take some time up at the cabin? It's removed enough that you'll get some peace to think and maybe get some fishing in. And if you don't catch anything, you can still get delivery from the pizzeria. He took the key. Thanks, Dad. When you come out on the other side of this, I, I hope you're still a fireman, son. Why? Why, Dad? Why, why would you hope that? <laughs> why? Well, it's part of who you are. It was your dream. Well, yeah. <clears throat> Dreams change, Dad. As does everything, by the way. It'd, <clears throat> it'd be great if you could at least come to the benefit next weekend. One at Ben's place. Oh, shit. That's the first responders and widows fund. Yeah, 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 yeah. Livy doesn't know it yet, but Royce put her name forward for the committee for this year's recipient. It's past time, really. Two weeks of the calendar shoot Aaron is putting together for Amber. Hey, by the way, Dad, how does Mom feel about you, of all people, doing the sexy fireman calendar? Me? Uh, this isn't a new idea. Your mom had her own calendar back in 1983, so that thing sold out on a national level oh really well good for her but you know i'm totally fine if i never ever see that you know uh, <clears throat> that no thank you ever <clears throat> it sold well on a national level but locally well i might have told all the guys if they bought a copy i didn't them slow and McCade bought one just to stop me, though, I think. Oh, Dad, shit, that, uh, I'm out. Stop. Why am I just hearing this now? You, oh, these are not good things, Dad. Anytime, kiddo, anytime you need a nightmare, just let me know. Hayden didn't know why he thought his father was going to give him grief. The, the man had always been a staunch supporter. He always encouraged him to make his own choices. So I... Why had he thought it would have been different this time? I'm, I'm all, I started to call you baby. Not oh, baby. So why had he thought this would be any different? Why had he thought his dad wouldn't trust him? What he had said about Sophie's dad twisted him up. He How it made everyone in town known about her dad, but, but no one had done anything. Why had nobody saved her? 
That was the dark side of small town living, I guess. Everyone knew your business, but in situations like that, people couldn't or wouldn't help because they didn't know how. But he still had to deal with John Benedict on a daily basis, and, you well, know, that can make life a, uncomfortable, I guess. Well, he understood that a little bit. I guess being a first responder, he'd been trained to accept certain reactions in certain situations, but he couldn't imagine knowing a grown man was laying hands on a child and doing nothing. His father hadn't really done nothing, though. Bill, Bill had done what was best to help Sophie at the time. It was kind of a wrong thing that he had made her right out of. Completely at odds with everything he had taught his son, but at the same time, was it? <clears throat> kind of like what being a fireman was to Hayden. How do you and Mom make all of this work, Dad? I can't imagine if I ever had a son that I would want this life for him. I mean, when I applied, I didn't stop and think that you'd be anything but proud. Oh, son, following your dreams is what makes us proud. Of course, we worry about you and Royce, and <clears throat> I'm the fire chief. I still go on calls. Why do you think that is? Because you love it and you feel worthless behind a desk. Yeah, well, besides that, it's it's you and Royce. That, that's how I deal with my fears. It, it's not that I don't trust our team. We have a great group of guys, and even the probie, he's decent. I, I mean, I... I wouldn't keep them around if I didn't trust them with my life and yours. See, that's the thing. I, I, that is the thing I can't control. I can control who walks into hell with you, son. And it'll always be me. I will always walk into hell with you. Oh, damn. Oh, man. Hayden's chest tightened at his father's words. He, he realized it now more than ever. <laughs> what a great father he had. How, he, how, how decidedly selfish he'd been. He, he'd only thought about himself these last nine years, and his father had to watch them do this to himself. This man who would by his own admission, walked through hell. And he'd proven it many, many times. I'm sorry, Tate said. For what, boy? For everything, Dad. For for not thinking about how the things I've done would affect you. For not for not realizing what I have with my family. Not listening. There are some things where you just have to find your own way. Yeah. What does mom do, I mean, to cope with the people she loves doing this job? Uh, I really don't know. Uh, you know, uh, to be honest, I, I don't know how I'd handle it if your mom was still on the job. You're so much like her, Hayden. You feel everything deeply like she does. You care like she does so much about everyone else. People had always said 
He and Royce were so much like Bill, little carbon copies of their father. In the way they looked, of course, but the way they behaved, right down to the job, they did. Royce says I'm like Mom because uh, I like playing house when I was a kid. Yeah, well, being the person who can survive on their own and function as an adult must, <laughs> as adult, you're cleaning yourself, your home, your clothes, and, well, that's... That's not gender-specific, you know, playing house. So, you know, maybe if you get some time this week, you can come to the cabin. We can do a little fishing together. Sounds great. It's been a while since we've done that, right? I remember when we were kids, we'd go a lot, like every other weekend in the summer. Why did we stop? You boys got busy. You had your own life. You got football practice before school, and then it started to fall, and Hanging out with your friends and girls, but that's how it's supposed to happen, so. No. Tahiti, right? Or Bahamas? I thought it was Bahamas. Ah, yeah, right. Oh, look. We can get three free nights at Disney World if we do this back. You guys want to go to Disney World? How about get some grandkids on the way, kid? Nope. <clears throat> so go to the cabin, get your head straight. Marry Sophie Benedict and get started. Your mother and I have decided we'd like a granddaughter first. But you've got to marry her. Yeah. Well, if we're negotiating, if you're taking my kids anywhere cool, I get to go. I guess that's fair. Now get out of here, son. Go catch some fish. Dad? Yeah, son. Royce and I lucked out with you guys. I, I may not have thought so when I was scrubbing lucky seven toilets with my toothbrush, but I do now. Well, we both do. <clears throat> he was glad his father was the kind of man who wasn't afraid of emotions. I mean, Hayden could always speak his mind. That he'd always talk about what he was feeling and his. His dad never was the sort to tell him he shouldn't feel anything or shouldn't act like that. Grow up. None of that shit. I mean, he didn't he didn't hesitate to tell his sons or employees not to whine and bitch, but he never made he never tried to take emotions out of him. The thing was, he was afraid to let himself think about with a child. The girl with Sophie's pretty blonde hair. Wait, did I skip something? Yeah, Hayden hadn't been sorry about that. Hayden hadn't been doing a very good job following the example of the man set for him. All this self introspection was casting a light on himself that he didn't really care for. Sound right familiar. He said he didn't know what was was about the guilt of what happened to Sophie or handing over his head, but that wasn't true. He did know, and that was the problem. He didn't like what he found. <clears throat> well, your mother and I got lucky too, so. I used to tell Royce when he was a kid that we have to love you, but nothing says we have to like you. You know what I mean? And that's the thing about family. People are who they are. While your mom and I got to help mold you, there are some things that you're solely responsible for. Like, right now, we like who you both are. Alexa, volume down. We like who you both are right now. Yeah. 
You're the kind of men we hoped you'd be growing up. And hey, we didn't break it, kid. So win-win, right? Win-win. Hayden hadn't realized how much he needed to hear that. Even though he was a grown man, he still needed and wanted his father. Who fucking does it, right? Oof. Where are you, Dad? Thank God the phone rang. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let me get this. It's probably your mom. I'm going to grab my gear and head out, Dad. <laughs> hey, baby, how's my beautiful girl? Of course I knew it was you. No? No, baby. I put in our order for a granddaughter. I know. Listen, listen. Everything is on its own time. Speaking of time, how about when I get home? And that was all Hayden needed to hear. He didn't want to hear back. He was glad his parents were still in that kind of love, but he didn't need the details for sure. He'd already heard enough. And of course, his mind immediately turned back to Sophie. He thought about her on a short drive to the cabin. He thought about her while he was bait. He thought about her as he took the boat out of Ember Lake. He wondered if she'd ever been fishing, if she liked it. He wondered if she was thinking about him, if they'd been married as long as his parents had. They did phone calls like that. Would be, you know, all that, right? He thought about her yellow couch, the one they fell asleep on that first time. He thought about the roses on it. He thought about how her hair smelled in them. He was too afraid to wake her up. He could picture just sitting there on that couch. The thing is, he was afraid to let himself think about the child. The girl was Sophie's pretty blonde hair and delicate features. Did I skip another page? I did. I was skipping a page. Picture there sitting so easily. Dude, I'm missing a page. What do we do? However, there's a page missing that goes from 148 to 150. I'm not. Are you seeing that, Shirley? Yeah, you, you come on screen, Shirley. It's okay. I think you're. So do you have 148 and 149? I don't have 149. So the first 14 chapters of the book and almost all the 15th ones where you miss Redneck right again, if you're still there, we're, we're just going to check out, see if I can get page 149 or do you just want to skip it and hope we can get to it? You're not going to be able to send it to me in time to finish the book. Unless we can pause, I guess. We can pause. You want to edit this out at 23? 23 minutes in is where we're editing out. 23 minutes in. 23 minutes in. I missed it. All right, so we'll back up a couple of pages. Hayden couldn't remember the last time he had really been alone with himself, right? Now he's up at the cabin now, and he couldn't remember the last time he had been this alone. I mean, not the downtime between adrenaline rushes, like Sophie had said, but, I mean, he had been empty then, but, but not really present himself, right? Here, he was present. He was alive, right? Did I skip that? I skipped that whole page, didn't I? What's going on? 
don't know. That's it. That was weird. The slight tug on the line. He's fishing, I guess. I don't know. The slight tug. I'm sorry, everybody. We've got a technical glitch in my iPad. Sorry, everybody. We're back in at 24 minutes. <clears throat> the slight tug on the line had his attention. He leaned forward at the ready, just getting ready to catch that fish. Hey, don't text The line tugged again, but Hayden waited for the fish on the other end to take. He knew what he was doing all those years growing up on that lake. Yeah, the thing was testing him now, fiddling with it just to see if it was safe bait. Or was he too small to actually fit the bait in his mouth? It's just a tiny little fish pecking on it, right? Little pecker. Nobody loves the little pecker. When he was a kid, he wondered what it was like from a fish's perspective, right? Just be kind of fishing along and find a sandwich just hanging out in the fucking lake, right? I mean, chomp. I mean, how cool would it be just to like walk down the hall of the school and go, wow, just grab a bite of a sandwich, right? That's crazy. Then you jerk, then all of a sudden you take a bite of it at school and you go, whoo, straight up into the boat, straight out the suit. His father just taking a question. I tell you this question seriously and agreed it was probably no fun, right? Royce had then proceeded to leave a half a sandwich in various places for him and find around the whole fucking summer. <laughs> the one that really got him had been the one he had left by the side of the bed. How fun is that, man? That was so fun. Hayden was just, he just grinned, right? Maybe he didn't know more about himself than he thought after all. He... He knew that he was a total of his experience, right? He was a total of the people that loved him. He dug it. The line pulled again, pulled tight, and the bobber, fucking bobber. And he backed that up. The line pulled tight, and the carefully woven Carolina rig went toit. Hayden snatched, set the fucking hook and pulling it, hold it tight. He fought it, fucking thing, swimming it in there. Maybe that was my. Maybe he just reeled in the fish. He fought it like mad, maybe. It was either really big or it was a bluegill. So those bluegills fight like hell, right? Those little suckers. Ugh. When he finally hauled it up, it was a bluegill, man. Those things are such cutie. The biggest one he'd ever seen, too. Most of the bluegill in Ember Lake got around a pound or full grown. This one had to be at least two pounds. I mean, looking at that fish, the way he still was fought on the line, like, get you, get over here, I'm a chicken on you. You're a chicken, I'm going to get you. Right, that kind of thing. They decided to throw that beautiful bastard back, right? He carefully took the hook out, that fireman's care, up against those fireman abs. Looked at him in the eyeball and said, Live to fight another day, grandfather. Toss him back into the water. He had most likely just tossed back the only dinner he was likely to catch all weekend, but, well, that was all right. Hayden was content to sit and watch the Carolina rig drift away the stars. And again, as always, his thoughts turned to Sophie. Oh, how she left those candles burning in the window for him. He wondered if they were burning now. Last chapter 15, everybody. Burning Ember by Sarah Arden. It's available on Amazon. It's a two-book series. We read the second book last year. We read the first book this year because we're artistic pricks. 
That's how we do it over here on Conversation Roadmaster Podcast. Reading edition, Monday Madness, we're going to call this. I'm in a mood, everybody. I just can't get it. So, that's really the talks head. So, thank you very much. And again, one more time, a word from our sponsors. Thank you, everybody, and have a fantastic evening. Take us out, Shirley. I don't know how to stop.